morning. I'm Joanna Roach with the Mariah Mitchell Association, and you are listening to The Nature of Nantucket. Today, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Jake, Jacob Sousa. Tell me Sousa. how to say it. Yes, yes, right, I did it right, right. Mm-hmm. And Benjamin Edward Goulet Scott. And they are both from Botanize, um, which really is an Instagram account, but it is a study that they have um, created and embarked on that is about the democratization of plants. So I'm sli- I am so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for having thanks. us. Yeah, All thanks right. so much. So I met these gentlemen um, because they have just been to Nantucket on a visit with um, NBI, which is the Nantucket Biodiversity Initiative. They were actually here earlier in the week. And um, I am just excited to talk to you about what you guys do. So maybe, Jacob, we'll start with you and, and sort of tell our listeners, where are you from? How did you get here? What are you up to right now? Like, what's the what's your plan? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so originally, I'm from uh, Maryland, you know, right outside uh, the DC area, um, and I did my undergraduate work in, in plant biology at the University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and then from there, uh, I went uh, to graduate school for my for my PhD at Harvard in the Department of Organismic and Evolutionary Biology, um, and that's where that's where I met Ben, who's also uh, was also a PhD student there. Um, and during uh, that time, I really narrowed my uh, broad interests in plant biology to really focus on ferns, um, one of the oldest and most diverse groups of vascular plants uh, on Earth today. Um, and in that process of doing my research, uh, you know, Ben and I just were always really interested in outreach and science communication and, and kind of naturalizing and, and botanizing, right, the, the process of going on a lot of walks in the woods for the um, purpose of looking at plants and other uh, aspects of nature. And that's sort of how um, our science communication page uh, started. But right now I'm kind of on a whirlwind tour of, <laughs> I guess, the world. Um, I, I you know, just defended my PhD on, in May. Um, I, my lease ended, so I had to get rid of all my stuff. Um, and then I've just been traveling um, since then. I, I went to England to um, uh, for a little bit of a vacation. And then um, I went to Nantucket to give the uh, keynote address with Ben. And then now I'm in um, Utah uh, doing a little bit of botanizing and, um, and hanging out. So Cool. I love ferns. They're one of my most favorite plants. How could you not be completely enamored with the fern. I love it. That's what I'm saying. You're right. <laughs> talking to the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ben, tell, tell us about you. Yeah, sure. So I grew up out uh, right outside of Boston, which is also where I am now. Um, in the meantime, I went away for college uh, at University of Rochester, studied evolutionary biology. And then like Jacob, went to Harvard um, for my PhD, where I studied plant genetics and evolution, basically, really trying to understand how uh, new species evolve. How did we get so much biodiversity um, on earth today? And I got to study the lovely genus of wildflowers, flocks, which a lot of people grow in their gardens. And um, So I studied some of the native species in the Southeastern US and got to do a lot of field work, love naturalizing, love being outside, um, love botanizing. And whenever I was back uh, in the Boston area, Jacob and I would go on a lot of walks in the woods together. And uh, really during the pandemic, we hatched this idea to start filming 
our walks and um, taking photos and sharing the photos and videos that we were taking on social media. Um, and yeah, it's been a great <laughs> journey since then to take the project more and more seriously and, and just do bigger and bigger things. It's, it's been really exciting. So tell me, what, what does democratizing botany or plants, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so when we first started Let's Botanize, um, it was, as Ben said, just us trying to share our passion for plants with, with people around the world. Um, and that came in the form of making videos and posting photos. But we soon realized that um, <clears throat> Let's Botanize had a much bigger mission and purpose. And that was to democratize the study of plant biology. And what that means is um, essentially that we, we've, fi we've figured out that there was really an inequality that exists in, in the world in many academic disciplines where, um, you know, without access to the resources of an academic institution, like a university, um, the limit on what you can learn about certain fields like botany um, was pretty short. There was a hard limit on that. Um, and so with Let's Botanize, we're trying to take academically rigorous information um, and turn it into digestible content and distribute it free uh, to the broadest possible audience. So that's what democratizing um, plant biology really means. So basically making information about plants accessible to everyone. Accessible and available. Yep. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's, a, that's great. And it seems like the response has been pretty good. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, social media is kind of a weird place. Interact with a lot of strangers, but they become kind of like virtual, you know, correspondence um, over time. And it's been a lot of fun to have really great interactions with an audience who's receptive and excited about plants like we are. And where, where does this go from here? Right. Like, how do you like how, how do you no, no pun intended? How do you grow this? <laughs> yeah, that's it's a funny day to ask us that question, because we just had our, our really biggest and most exciting thing come out this morning, which is um, we are sort of guest botanists on this new discovery um, social media show called Botany Bites. So, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to imagine from where we started to being featured on Discovery Channel as social media. But um, yeah, now we get to talk about plants to, you know, there are 16 million followers. So yeah. that's, that's pretty exciting to us. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing is, is that um, this is not necessarily our livelihood and we want to sort of keep it that way in some capacity because it allows us to be uh, true to our mission um, in, in, and allows us to sort of continue making videos that we think um, are exciting and interesting um, and that uh, push our you know, mission forward. Um, so I think the, what it looks like in the future is just kind of continuing to do that, collaborating with as many people as possible, um, doing things like this, this podcast, essentially getting in front of as many eyeballs and, and ears <laughs> as we can. Um, yeah. So that's another, kind of cool. Yeah, sorry, Jacob. I'll just yeah. add another exciting thing is Jacob in Utah has filmed a couple of videos you know, in way different ecosystems than we've right. gotten to spend time in. So that's something we would really love to do more and more is um, there's so many different interesting habitats around the world. Mm -hmm. Get to yeah. show more of those. And one other thing is um, we are also in the process of taking Let's Botanize and turning it into a 
nonprofit entity, 501c3 status, um, which we think will open up a lot of different avenues for us to potentially, you know, bring in uh, money to be able to put, propel our mission forward. And that could be running workshops in person, doing travel to unique ecosystems and collaborating with um, folks in those uh, countries and those places. Uh, so that's like an exciting opportunity that we uh, are interested in too. So, Wow. And I think that there's been like um, almost like a renaissance of interest in plants, right? I think that, you know, whether it's plant-based diets or plant-based solutions to certain problems, plant-based medicine, different types of plant-based specialty food, different types of authors writing books about plants and their uses. I mean, I think that this is like a movement. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So this term started getting thrown around in a lot of different articles during the pandemic, a botanical boom recognizing this sort of global surge in interest in plants for all different reasons, like you were saying. And that's super exciting to us. We sort of, you know, I guess unwittingly are participating in it uh, because of when we started our project. Um, But it's really exciting. And I think one thing that Jacob and I talk a lot about is this concept of plant awareness disparity, which is uh, formerly this idea that has formerly been called plant blindness, although the field is trying to move away from the term plant blindness to avoid the disability metaphor and adopt plant awareness disparity instead. But basically it's this idea that humans sort of have this cognitive bias to pay more attention to animals, more attention at life that is similar to us and see plants as sort of the background to animal life um, rather than a subject in itself worthy of attention and curiosity. Um, And yeah, that's why we're super excited about this idea of botanical boom is like, here's where you're kind of trying to level the playing field in terms of plants are equal to animals in terms of not just the ecosystem, but also the way in which we experience them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not a competition, but uh, we could live without most animals. We couldn't live with, if there were no plants, right? Like plants are just more fundamental to all ecosystems on earth, basically. And yeah. so there's a, there's a sort of a crazy disconnect between how important plants are in our life and how much we know about them and pay attention to them. Right. But because of the surge in interest, hopefully, you know, we close that gap a little bit. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Well, I, I think also that, you know, plants really, animals can't survive without plants. So it is this like cycle of life piece, right? But I do, I hear what you are saying. And I think that that's it's super interesting from a cultural perspective, Right. Um, And also from, you know, a human perspective in the sense that, you know, humans and their interaction with plants versus animals or both. Right. Because, again, I I doubt that they're not mutually exclusive. Right. They don't limit each other. But uh, I, I guess I'm curious about how you see humans and plants interacting. And is that different than what people might imagine? Yeah, um, it's a good question. So, I mean, I think, I guess, taking a step back, one broader purpose, you know, one question is like, why learn about plants? And it's because of this thing that you know Ben um, alluded to, which is they're foundational and and to, to everything. They're the you know foundational components of nearly every ecosystem. Um, and in terms of human use, you know, they provide the materials for the homes we live in. 
um, the food we eat and uh, the oxygen we breathe. And, and that's not just true for humans, but true for all other life, right? They, they literally take energy from the sun and turn it into sugar. <laughs> and like, that's something that I think we take for granted uh, that you learn in, you know, intro bio in, in middle or high school, but it's truly a phenomenal process that, I mean, still as a, as botanists who have been studying plants for over a decade, you know, we're, I'm, we're still fascinated by it. Um, so they, it, it's, it's, it doesn't give it justice to say, you know, how foundational these organisms are and understanding and appreciating them more um, at a cultural level, um, I think just could make us better stewards of the, of the land. Um, but that was kind of a big picture view of, of what you're asking. Um, and I think maybe narrowing in on particular uses of, of you know, plants and human affairs, if you will, um, there is not a day that goes by that a human does not interact with a multitude of different species, plant species, um, whether it is, you know, the uh, berries that you eat in your yogurt in the morning or the wood that your roof is constructed of, or, I mean, even if we're, this is an issue, but burning fossil fuels, fossil fuels are, a lot of them are fossilized plants. Um, so there's, they're, they're really integral um, for better or worse in every aspect of, of human life. Um, so I mean, all the way to like whatever lotion I put on my face this morning, right, had plant ingredients in it. Every single piece of our life is affected by plants. Yeah. Right. So tell me, uh, uh, tell me what you think about the connection between plants, right? Because I think this has been something that's been kind of discussed in the culture or the medium uh, lately, right? Which is the roots of tree systems being connected and being able to understand that there's some sort of communication or language or the way that certain plants are grow better when they're next to other plants. Like they have their own almost community, right? Can one of you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I I get excited hearing about these stories because they're ways for people who weren't maybe so interested or curious about plants beforehand to really, it's like a hook that gets people interested in in caring more about plants and thinking about plants as complex organisms with, you know, their own sort of needs and, uh, you know, organismal priorities, um, which plays a lot into, for instance, when we think about being good stewards and doing conservation work. You know, what do we need to provide um, for other life to continue living? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny, though, that what it takes is sort of um, realizing that we could ascribe human-like characteristics to plants to get us really engaged when, you know, these um, forested ecosystems have existed for tens, hundreds of millions of years uh, even possibly, and humans have been around for 200,000 years, right? So like, in some ways, of course, they're doing crazy complex things that we can hardly even fathom. Um, They've just been around here evolving and participating in ecology for so much longer um, than we can even imagine. And and, and to that that earlier point, um, it's a great hook to get people excited, but I think uh, we 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 do need to be careful not to like anthropomorphize um, plants, right? And sort of appreciating them not as these 
organisms that are more like animals and more like humans in this way that you can describe the interconnectedness, but rather appreciating them as completely separate and different organisms that function in their own distinct way, um, unlike us humans and other, and other animals. Um, so, yeah, like the, the, the stuff you're talking about with interconnected root systems is totally fascinating. And that is like a form of communication and community and interconnection that involves another organism, these fungi that uh, participate in interactions with the roots. And like, what a, what a fascinating way of communicating and forming community that humans don't really do that. I don't know. Like, what is the other organism we use? Like dogs, I guess we meet up at the dog park or something, but it's not the same, right? It's like so much more uh, intimate in the plant system. Totally fascinating. And, you know, utterly unique. And what are, what are you guys take? What's your take on nature bathing? Right. Cause uh, like, I think that that's such an interesting thing to talk about as well. I love it. Absolutely love it. I think botanizing, paying attention to plants in particular is, has so much potential as the basis for mindfulness practice, which is what I see nature bathing as sort of um, adjacent to, if not explicitly being about. And yeah, today people are, have more sort of, draws on their attention than ever before and the pace of current life is so insane sometimes um you know especially thanks to our smartphones and social media sorry to the extent that we're contributing to this social media problem <laughs> but um right. uh you know. No, but I, I think that you, what you guys are on to really is also about fostering a connection to nature. Exactly. And that, exactly. that is so much of what the Mariah Mitchell Association is about and so much of what Mariah Mitchell herself was about, right? She saw, you know, nature as a portal, right, to curiosity about the natural world. And I think that somewhere in, you know, the last 150, 175 years, we've kind of lost that connection and it is time to come back to it. So I Absolutely. love that, that you guys are current that. North American, like culture for sure. Yeah. I think, um, the, uh, the other thing is, is that, uh, yeah, different cultures appreciate plants in different ways. And I think we need to be like mindful of that. Right. And I think kind of generalizing, um, is, is also important. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Certainly. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that very much. It's true. But I just to say, like, I really hope, you know, I joke because we're making this phone app based content. But really what we're trying to do is give people little hooks to remember and get curious about that they can then get off of their phone and go outside and seek and have, you know, new ways to pay attention Right. to nature when they're when they're outdoors so that's that's really our goal is to spend 60 minutes watching a video and then put your phone down and go find that plant that we were talking about or 60 you know. seconds <laughs> oh sorry i just yeah. said minutes no, i meant 60 <laughs> seconds yeah it's ironic um it's actually ironic right it's like we are are trying to get you to look at our the content on our on your phone but in hopes that you put your phone down to go outside. <laughs> so it's this like interesting like loop um, that, that we're, we're definitely mindful of, um, but you know, hope that our content is, is doing that in some capacity. Well, if it's the tool that does the trick, I am all for it. Yeah, and I, I should say that the, there are certain you know, 
uh, abilities unlocked by smartphones that are amazing for naturalizing. I think of apps like iNaturalist and Seek that help you identify stuff, you know, via the camera and your phone. It, those are such amazing tools. Um, and you know, a good reason to have your smartphone in your pocket when you go on a nature walk. But Right. And it, it really makes people be able to have that connection that might make them more enthusiastic about what it is that they're seeing or learning about. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I like to think of it as like, you know, if you didn't know the plants in your area, it's, it's kind of a steep learning curve if you, you know, to learn them, if you don't have um, the foundational knowledge or someone's not teaching you or, you, you know, you don't have these apps because you'd have to go to the store and buy a flora and then kind of key it out. And even keying things out is really difficult, but these apps like, yeah, allow people to um, understand the species in their, in their local communities. And then what that does to your point is, is they go out and it's like seeing your old friends. You're like, Oh, that's, you know, Polysticum acrosticoides. That's the Christmas fern. Oh, that's, you know, Acerubra. You know, and you just kind of are um, able to, to walk through the landscape and, and see familiar quote faces end quote um if you will well thank you so much for joining us today that went by very quickly um if you have been listening i'm joanna roach with the mariah mitchell association our podcast is called the nature of nantucket we have had the pleasure of having jacob and ben from let's botanize join us today you can find them on instagram at let's botanize thanks so much <laughs>